0: We turn this morning for the first time to Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 18 and reading through verse 24. Hebrews 12, 18 to 24, a text of scripture that deals with God's revelation and his people's response. Revelation and response. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched and that was burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest and the sound of a trumpet and of the voice of words, which voice they that heard entreated that the word should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Moses, the first Quaker. Verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the Judge of all, and to spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the Mediator of the New Covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Heavenly Father, we are glad to pause before thee as we begin to think upon this phenomenal text of comparison between the revelation to and through Moses at Sinai and the revelation to us in Jesus Christ. Our particular focus and prayer burden in this moment of time is that our hearts and lives would be uniquely prepared for the fellowship of our Lord's table. In some ways, no text could be better In other ways, the text is complex by nature of its requirement of a certain sense of background and understanding, and so it is our prayer that the Spirit of God would help us, He who gave the Word to help us in understanding the Word and effectively applying it to our hearts in preparation for the table of our Lord. This would be our prayer today, for we pray in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen. It was enduring faith and trust in God that was the testimony of many in the Old Testament era, even as recently reviewed in Hebrews chapter 11. The Hebrew believers. Addressed by this letter, and believers in Christ Jesus today are called to live by faith with endurance, trusting in God, particularly based upon our superior position in Jesus Christ. The comparison and the contrast that we are introduced to today in Hebrews 12, 18-24 is targeting our advantage, our superior position by nature of faith in Jesus Christ. We're beginning the big picture contrast here of Old Testament and New Testament saints that develops here at the close of the 12th chapter in order to better understand our advantages in Christ and to better understand the necessity of our loving and living response to God in practiced holiness here and now. We are going to be taken back in mind to the Old Testament reality at Sinai, the revelation of God to Moses at Sinai. And we will be reminded of the people's response. And then we will be uniquely introduced and walk through the glories of the revelation of God in Jesus Christ and our advantage as being positioned in Him, along with the requirement of our response. Revelation and response, Old Testament, Revelation and response, New Testament. Hebrews twelve eighteen to 29 depicts the contrast of two mountains. One of those mountains is on earth, and the other mountain is in heaven. The mountain on earth is precisely described, but never named. We know that mountain is Sinai. The other mountain depicted, the heavenly one, is called in our text, verse twenty two, Sion. We most usually refer to Sion with the Z, Zion. We do this to distinguish Jerusalem and the promises of God from the other biblical Scion, which is Mount Hermon, called by the same name and spelled the same in the King's English. On this Communion Sunday, we want to make three rather quick textual observations and take just a little bit of time to soak in a homespun illustration in preparation for the fellowship of the Lord's table. Observation number one, Old Testament saints are herein depicted as coming to Mount Sinai the mount to which none of us have come. Look at verse 18. Ye are not come. Ye are not come unto the mount. And if you contrast verse 18 with verse 22, but ye are come. Ye are not come, ye are come. Not Sinai, Sion. Not Sinai, Sion. That's the contrast. What is similar about Sinai and Zion is that they are places ever associated with God's revelation and his chosen people's response. God was revealed at Sinai, and we have record of the chosen people's response. God is revealed the more at Sion. And we have here the demand upon His chosen people's response. Sinai was about revelation and response. Zion is about revelation and response of the greater part. Observation number two. Reference to Sinai is likewise in this text reference to the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And reference to Zion is reference to the New Covenant. Sinai is the place of the law, and Zion is the place of the Lord. We believers, since the first advent, have not come to the law, but to the Lord. Old Testament saints were governed by the revelation at Sinai. New Testament saints are governed by the revelation at Zion. The whole Bible, Genesis through Revelation, bears this contrast. Genesis to Malachi is all about the law and God's promise. Matthew to Revelation is all about the Lord and God's fulfillment. And again, we say, for us, not Sinai, but Zion. Observation number three, the description of revelation and response at Sinai is essential for our grasp of the appeal made here for practical holiness and advancement in sanctification. Therefore, when we return to this text next week, you would be wise to uh, have read Uh, In review, Exodus 19 and 20. But for this morning, just note that Sinai is the mountain, verse 18, that might be touched. Or Sinai is a mountain physical. It's a physical place. But Zion is a heavenly mountain that is clearly spiritual. This, too, is a part of the illustration that is developed, uh, and, de- and, and the demonstration that is made in this section, not only this section under study, but the section following it, uh, as we will pick up in coming weeks. So, again, a little structure just before uh, we spend a little time with my illustration. Ye are not come, verse 18, ye are come, verse 22, and then beyond next week, Verse 25, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. Ye are not come, ye are come, don't refuse the one who speaks. Ye are not come, ye are come, don't refuse the one who speaks. That's the whole chapter in structure as we'll work with it in coming weeks. Back in the 1980s, My family spent four years, often on the road, traveling together in ministry. My two sons were of preschool and elementary age. Back in the 1990s, my family spent four more years, often on the road in ministry. My two sons were teenagers. Those eight years of traveling as a family allowed me to use my sanctified imagination to draw a comparison between our traveling experiences as a family and the depiction of Zion in this text. Bear with me a little bit as I ask you and invite you to join me in a little bit of imagination for the sake of understanding the contrast that is before us in this text. A little boy in the back seat of the car wakes up during the long family trip. As he rubs his eyes and looks towards his dad, He has three questions. They are Dad, where are we? Number two question, what exactly, uh, I should say number two question, does anybody here, does anybody we know live here? And then question number three, uh, what is this place known for? You see, when you're traveling, you never know exactly, if you've been sleeping in the back seat of the car, where you're at. And, of course, if you're a kid, you just hope you're there. <laughs> but nonetheless, in the back of the car, as you wake up, first question, and we heard it a thousand times, where are we? Where are we? Where are we now? And then the next question, do we know anybody here? Do we know anybody here? Do we know anybody here? And then the third question is, what is this place known for? What is this place known for? So, Dad, where are we? The little boy desires to know his location in the midst of the trip. He knows he isn't there yet because the car's still moving. But the question is, where are we? The next question is, does anybody uh, live here that we know? You see, places and locations are only important to us uh, when they connect us relationally to people that we know and we love. And so uh, uh, with family in base City, then Bay City is important to me. With family in Massillon, Ohio, Massillon, Ohio is important to me. I would dare say that Massillon, Ohio would not be important to me at all if it wasn't for my family. And and with family in in Palm Bay, Florida, well then Palm Bay, Florida is important to me. Elto is important to me because you live here. Without you, without you, I would argue there's not much in Elto to get too frosted up about. That the thing that draws us to the place is, who lives there? And then that third question, Dad, for what is this place known? If the family was traveling through Akron, Ohio, the answer would be rubber. If the family was traveling through Canton, Ohio, the answer would be football hall of fame. If the family was on I-196 traveling through Grand Rapids, the answer would be beer. That's what they say. That's what they say. For what is this place uniquely known? Now, I know that we are not all little boys in the backseat of a car. But we are all God's children if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And as God's children, we know we are not where we are ultimately going yet because we are still traveling. And so I'd like to take the questions... And I'd like to answer them from the Scripture. And this morning, only with the words of the Scripture. Question number one Holy Father in heaven, where are we? Verse 22. Ye are come. Unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Question number two. Holy Father in heaven, does anyone live here we know? 22B to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to all the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus. Question number three. Holy Father in heaven, what is this place known for? Answer, the mediator of the new covenant and of the blood of the sprinkling that speaketh better things than or that of Abel. The mediator of a new covenant. Now, next week, I'll return to the illustration and answer of our Heavenly Father concerning where we are, who lives there, and what Zion is known for. But for now, let's let the representation of the Lord's body and the Lord's blood speak. We're told in this text that the blood speaks of better things than that of what the blood of Abel spoke. It speaks of better things than that which the Old Testament saints had by way of their advantage during the days of their earthly sojourn. We come to this table as those that have come to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. His body broken, His blood shed is the foundation of our living agreement With thrice holy God. In the elements of this table, we remember how it can be possible that thrice holy God has been made okay with us. By the body broken, by the blood that was shed, only in Jesus Christ our Lord may a person be okay and at peace with God. We enjoy blessings and benefits of the new covenant promised Israel. We come together to do this in remembrance of our Lord. This last week in the reading of my regular devotions, I came upon a very interesting way of thinking about the Lord's table. I read it of the old Scottish preacher Andrew Bonar, he said this Remember that, how the door of access opened unto us, but only in consequence of the almighty love shedding blood of the beloved Son. Remember how, remember how you got to God. If you've gotten to God, it's this way. Oh, I'm not saying the eating of the unleavened bread or the drinking of the Jews. I'm saying that this is a memorial of the only way in which you can have access to God. So says the word of God, which we preach, teach, love and adore in this place. Heavenly Father, help us then to uniquely be reminded this morning of our access point with you in Jesus Christ our Lord. And may the sweet memory of our access drive our love and compassion exactly as you intended to be driven first and foremost to you and then to your people, and then to the least and the lost. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his blessed sake. Amen.